DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. happening draft aficionados welcome back and happiest of international breaks to you i hope that you're taking a bit of a mental break just kind of relaxing exhaling a little bit and then quick inhale and send like 37 million trade offers um whether you're doing that or not this episode is going to be heavily focused on trading Welcome back to the Key Pass Collective. Uh, this is the podcast brought to you by the Draft Society. I'm Joe Williams. I'll be your host for this episode. Again, this is the audio companion to the Draft Society. Of course, a site that is going to give you everything you need as it pertains to this wonderful FPL draft game. We're talking about rankings. We're talking about articles, stats, uh, just all the things. Like, literally, basically, all the things. Just go there. TheDraftSociety.com. Also... Uh, featuring rankings updates next week. So you will have consensus rankings from all of the staff at the Draft Society that are going to be updated next week. Today, if we get to it, if we have time, we will be talking about um, some potential risers and fallers of those particular sets of rankings uh, and some players that we maybe expect to be, uh, you know, having a, a bit of a value change, we'll say, uh, in 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 our our views going forward on those players. So let's uh, let's first go ahead and meet the gang. It's going to be a little bit different here this week. So uh, I do want to take a minute just to say hello to a couple people. So first of all, you know him well. Um, this is none other than Ryan Barnes. Ryan, how are things in the nation's capital? I'm good. Um, pretty uneventful week at work, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, with all of social media going down. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty quiet. Um, otherwise, do, doing well. Do listeners know you work at Facebook? I mean, they do now. Okay. <laughs> so Monday was not the hottest day, we'll say? Yeah, it was uh it was quiet. <laughs> right. It's not yeah. just nice. Zen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice nice start to the week. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um you have a trip coming up. I, were were you going somewhere this weekend? Oh yeah. Um the missus and I are going to um Sacramento for a wedding and then beautiful. spending a few nights in uh Napa Valley before we come back. Oh, beautiful. Shout out to Sacktown. That's where my mom lives. I love Sacktown. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. Uh, Haz is from there, too. Right? Yes, our good friend, FPL Hazardous. Shout out to Haz. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, we're just going to be kind of in and out, um, have the wedding uh, on Friday, which is interesting. And then, um, yeah, and then we leave on, on Saturday or else I'd, I'd say hello. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a beer at some point, Haz. Don't worry. Hopefully more yeah, sure. Hopefully more than uh, just a couple of us. I'd love to get out there and see him. Totally. Uh, okay, without further ado... We don't have any Toddy tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Toddy's having a bit of a sickness. Uh, we don't think it's the big C, so don't worry too much. Uh, and we don't have Genie tonight just because of Genie issues. Uh, but 
instead, we do have a secret special guest for you. Uh, this is one, uh, let's say, turn of the century orator um, turned Brazilian footballer. You know him uh, probably from his his Twitter handle, which is William Jennings Bryan. Uh, some, like maybe his mother, instead call him Ben. But uh, WJB, how you doing, man? Welcome. Um, it's so it's it's a, honestly a pleasure to have you on. Longtime fan of your banter on Twitter. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Joe. Um, I uh, have definitely been a longtime listener. It's kind of a little bit surreal to be uh talking on this while usually i'm listening uh on my commute back from dropping my small uh little children uh off at daycare so uh i will be probably skipping this edition from a listening perspective (laughs) um but (laughs) more than happy to uh provide whatever merriment i might be able to to uh to listeners i love it so yeah but it's an honor and uh, and you, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you and Ryan like know each other in real life now. We do, yeah. He uh, he lives in a a hipper, uh, more central part of uh, of DC. Oh, how Ryan! Um, uh, <laughs> in a, a very uh, a very swanky part of town, but uh, no, can't complain. And uh, you know, Ryan and I have met up a few times. To I'm pretty sure every time is revolved around. Uh, the beautiful game in some way, shape, or form, but uh, sure we will see each other again soon. Um, but I, I will admit, I did think of did think of Ryan uh, this week when I was reading the the headlines in the New York Times and such. But uh, oh, sure, know. yeah, sure. the ones the ones about the the aforementioned company. Those would be the ones. Yep, correct. got you, got you. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, we're going to hear a lot more from Ben here in just a second, but um, let me just kind of give you guys a preview of what's coming up. So uh, today we're going to talk, like I said, about trade questions. We've got uh, several of those from listeners uh, and Twitter users. So we're going to get to those. Uh, plus, we're going to talk risers and fallers, uh, beneficiaries, uh, etc., in the new rankings that are going to be coming out. But first... I want to cover something that's been um, on the forefront of people's minds, which is the international break, but more specifically the World Cup qualifiers. Um, And then more specifically to that, you know, draft managers never stop thinking about their draft teams. Like it's just it that's just always whenever we watch a game of football, we're thinking about draft and how it's going to impact our team. It just is what it is. So as we watch these World Cup qualifiers, we're wondering about. Uh, our players, uh, the ones on our teams, the ones that we manage on our teams. And we're wondering specifically about those who are traveling to countries that unfortunately um, are, for lack of a better word, you know, banned or blacklisted in terms of uh, quarantine requirements. So, Ben, uh, I, I, I guess Ryan sort of uh, handed this one off to you and asked you to kind of like look up uh, some information on the current rules. Can you elucidate for us like what are the current rules for for footballers who are going to be traveling outside of the UK um, and traveling to countries that are not um, on the the proper you know quarantine list? Yeah, so I guess I can stand in and be the um, the senior correspondent, as it were. For Thank the, you. Just for the time being. Precisely. Um, 
I, I did a, you know, I, I will say some research, I wouldn't say it's exhaustive and I know there are members of the community that can probably speak to this more comprehensively than I can, but, um, did look up a few things and it looks like, um, essentially players who are going to red countries as it were. And I believe that every country in South America is on the red list. Um, many of the countries in Africa as well. Um, if they, if they travel for the international break, basically they, uh, if they're fully vaccinated, so two jabs as opposed to one or, or zero, um, they can come back and play, uh, the day of their return. Um, but they will have to be, uh, they'll be confined to quote unquote bespoke quarantine facilities, um, for, <laughs> for 10 days. Um, it does sound a little bit ominous. Um, oh, see, when I think of bespoke, I think they're like hanging out and like and like getting tailored for a for a new suit or something. Like I think of like having having Secret like really sauce. nice hair, like hipster haircuts, and but I'm sure it's not that. So you, you, your guess would be as good as mine. Um, I, I think that it's probably you know it's probably a hotel paid for by the club. Um, Jurgen Klopp has. Uh, has been on record saying that he thinks it's a bit much, it's a bit cruel because essentially what it means is, you know, if the international break is 10, 12 days long, then another 10 days away from their families after the game, it's, you know, over three weeks away, um, you know, from their families. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's going to have much effect on fa for fantasy purposes, unless obviously there's, some sort of uh, mental health issue for any of the players. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's pretty difficult to say one way or the other which players uh, would be available and which wouldn't because I've, unless unless um, either if you know something that I don't, don't think we know about the vaccination statuses of most of these players. Um, but yeah, it's know, not I, like I, the NFL in that way. Yeah, I was actually yeah, thinking exactly. We know where exactly. Cole Beasley's, if he's vaxxed or not. <laughs> Cole Beasley. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I don't think there's a, a comprehensive list anywhere, uh, like there is at the in the NFL, but um, uh, I, I do know that, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to, to the two of you to um, maybe make out implications, but um, from, from my perspective, you know, any players that I have who... Uh, our suspect in terms of uh, game week eight probably would be trying to opt for cover from them or for them. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen how things will play out. And, you know, hopefully um, from a fantasy, pers uh, fantasy perspective, some of these players will uh, be released before the final game of the international break. But so it remains to be seen. If they play that, that last game, the third game of the international break then. So I'm, tr I'm just trying to figure, okay. So it says they can potentially play from the day of their return, but only if previously they have quarantined only if they have been fully vaccinated, I believe. Okay. I, th I, th I think if they've, I don't think there is an expectation they quarantine on the front end. Cause okay. that doesn't seem like it'd be possible. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, they're, they're going to play the games that are scheduled for their national teams. And then if they're fully vaccinated, they can essentially play as soon as possible. But that would be 
their only interaction with the outside world for the next 10 days. Oh, that's, that's rough. Um, well, and then also you have the fitness issue, um, which, you know, comes into play, you know, playing, playing so many games in such a, a short time. Um, so add to that, you know, add that complication to the mix and, you know, we're dealing with, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, quite the quandary as you, as you sort of said there. So, I mean, Ryan, um, any thoughts on this in particular? I know draft lad, um, our very own draft lad, amazing work that he does. He had a, a couple of threads on this, basically telling us about the Brazilian and Argentinian players who might miss time for this. Um, was there anything that you kind of like read into that? Yeah, just from a, a purely selfish perspective, because I have um, Emmy Boindy on my roster. First, he wasn't called up by Argentina, thankfully. And then second, Douglas Louise was for Brazil. So things are looking good for uh, for an Emmy start versus Wolves after the international break. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But it seems like it's going to come down to, yeah, whether you're vaxxed and if you start or play that that third and final game um, in the international break. If you don't and you get dispensation to, to fly back to England, um, then I think you have a decent chance of, of coming back and, and playing after the international break. But I'm thinking of uh, Brazil. Both of their goalkeepers are from you know the Premier League. So I, who do you who do you let go, oh. Ederson or, or Allison? Um, and then I think Liverpool have the first game in the game week, the early game on, on Saturday, right? So I'm probably, uh, I'm going to wait and see who starts that third and final game for Brazil, but I'm going to expect to probably pick up Kelleher as cover for Allison. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of kind of monitoring, um, especially those, those third and final games in the international break in, in South America, which, you know, added to fantasy managers lists of, of things to keep an eye on for, fantasy purposes brutal yeah it's i mean just it's something you have to just like you said just monitor uh that third game is going to be rough i mean <laughs> it's like when those lineups come out you know you're going to be you're going to be checking those to see if you have fantasy players on those lineups and and if you do unfortunately cursing your luck um speaking of cursing your luck you also sent us uh, a dm recently in our group thread uh about Trincao, who now has covid19 <laughs> Yes, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I was not too pleased to to see that, but you know, nothing surprises me anymore. But um, yeah, it's going to be quite a hit to um, to Trincrow rosterers. However, if it was ever going to happen, I guess this is a good time for it, given the international break. But I mean, I assume unless it's a false positive, you have to stop training for at least a five days. You would think. Um, especially if they're not if they're not vaccinated and you get the the full effects, but yeah, I, I, I would assume that he's he's going to be a doubt for uh, for this next game. But who the hell knows? <laughs> oh God. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I would say monitor Draft Lad um, at Draft Lad, and uh, and he's going to be putting out some more information about uh, players from from various countries who might be potentially missing out on game week. Uh, a just due to the you know various different restrictions and, and red countries as Ben uh, as Ben put it, which I think is the, is the go to term if I'm not mistaken. Um, ben, any other thoughts on on any of on any of this before we move on to something less depressing? 
No, I, I think I think uh, <laughs> you know we covered it as much as we could. Um, I will say there were there were a few players that tested positive last year that ended up recovering pretty quickly. Um, I, I, I I rostered Mane last year, and he came down with COVID. I think fa- fairly early on um, in the season, and I want to say he missed only one game. Um, and you know, obviously from a production perspective, um, goals assists, he didn't have his strongest year, so might have affected him there. But from a fantasy perspective, obviously he was what a top three, four, or five player. So um, might not be a death knell for for Trinko. Well, like you said, Ryan. I mean. If you're gonna get it, I guess now would be the time, because <laughs> like he, he with, withdrew from the Portugal national team and um, presumably is somewhere just on the mend. Hopefully, I am. I mean, now that you mentioned the the Portuguese national team, which you know the entire Wolves squad is. Yeah, on there. I, mean, I wonder <laughs> if he spread it to you know the thirteen other Wolves players um, in the Portuguese national team. So we'll see. Hard to say. Hard to say, <laughs> but I mean, I would say it's it's likely, unfortunately. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, let's move on to um, like I said, you know, things things a bit more positive. Let's talk about some uh, some trade questions. I mean, if Toddy were here, he would tell you that uh, the international break is is literally all about trading. Like that's why the international break exists. Uh, I understand that World Cup qualifiers take place, but really, it was put in place so that draft managers would have like sort of a bit of a reprieve from the season in order to get some trades across the line that they've been sort of contemplating for a while. So with that in mind, we asked uh, listeners and Twitter users who follow the KeePass Collective um, page to go ahead and submit to us some some questions that we had. So the very first one that we got, maybe you know, two minutes after posting the question, was at Camelton Harlan. And he's wondering about moving Zaha. He obviously rosters Zaha, and he's wondering about trying to, to move him after a couple of good weeks, you could potentially say. He's asking, like, what level of player to target. Um, so if you have Zaha and you're trying to move him out of your team, what level of player should you be targeting? So, Ryan, let's let's hear from you first on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's the right sentiment to to want to move out to high. <laughs> yes, we've all felt that way at some point. Um, I think he's become a do not draft uh, guy for a lot of us. But I think, given the fact that he had a he's had a pretty good past couple weeks. I mean, I think he had a goal two weeks ago, and then somehow overcame what was it nine dispossessions in the last game to God. post. Nine and a half points without a, a goal or assist. That's pretty pretty impressive. It, yeah, um, and it was nine. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's trading out maybe on a high um, with Wilf. You never know because he's he's got these these Vardyish. He's got these really high highs and really low lows usually. Um, but yeah, I would I would certainly look to move him out. I would probably target. Um, as as you know, Joe, uh, better than anybody, I'm a big Bailey guy. Yeah. So the fact that Wilf is on a semi high and and Bailey, you know, has been on the mend and hasn't uh, really started yet, I think you could probably pull that off now. Maybe um, another uh, asset that's that's on a relative low is is Odegaard. He had his worst outing in an Arsenal shirt um, since he's um, 
since he's moved over uh, against Brighton. So I think um, Erdegaard rosters are probably pretty skittish uh, as well. So maybe one of those two. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have a good feel for the Zaha market out there. I think there's a lot of folks that are pretty frustrated. So I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't get either of those over the line, but those are kind of a couple folks that I would at least be uh, trying for. Okay. So let's start with, we got a couple comments here from Jeannie and Toddy who did make their way into the document, even though they're not on the pod. Um, so Toddy literally just said, there's no market for him. You got to hold him for now. Uh, Jeannie said he just traded him out for Werner last week. If that gives you a context in terms of the value, um, <laughs> garbage in garbage out. Well, <laughs> So, WJB, uh, Ben, I want to hear from you. So, first of all, on Ryan's targets, if you rostered, if you rostered, if you had Bailey on your on your team, or if you had Odegaard on your team, would you think about trading them out for Zaha? Personally, absolutely not. Um, but that's I, I am probably a little bit biased. Um, I I just the number of games with you know eight, nine dispossessions, but not much in terms of positive uh, contributions uh, spooks me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do think Zaha is sort of an interesting one this year because, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty about what Palace will look like going forward, um, especially once Olize is in there and, you know, potentially even as in the lineup. I think that's quite a few months away. Um so I, I could see, I, I, I feel as though Zaha is the sort of player that may be a little bit more attractive in certain home leagues yeah. um, than he is um, in, you know, community league, genie league. Sure. Um, where, I mean, last year, just to give you context, um, somebody traded out Zaha and Lamptey for Salah. Wow. Um, in one of my leagues, which I thought was absolutely scandalous. Uh, that is insane. But that's a that's a thing <laughs> <for> me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, uh, don't get me started on vetoes. I'm uh, militantly against them and just in principle, just because I've, I've been on the receiving end so many times. But, I agree. Um, uh, the, the, I mean, needless to say, Zaha is a pretty polarizing player. I would... If I rostered either Bailey or Odegaard, I would not think about bringing him in. Odegaard, maybe, just because, you know, he's had a few, I think he's had two games that haven't been so great. Um, but I think I think he'll he'll come, you know, he'll turn into like a top 60 player by the end of the year. Zaha, I'm not so sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think it depends on your, your risk tolerance when it comes to forwards and, and you know, zeroing out or, or you know, having that odd 30-point game. So what that tells me is that um, all of us seem to value those players higher than than Zaha. And you just alluded to, you know, home leagues where pretty much anything goes and and a lot of times does. So these are our targets that Ryan kind of offered. And it sounds like we would all be on board with those. So I think test out the waters and just see what happens. Um, as far as targets for you, WJB, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I was thinking about this a little bit. I I guess if I was, if he, if he was a part of my side, I would maybe go for somebody like Richarlison, um, who I'm not incredibly high on, uh, generally speaking. But I do think that um, he's going to be a key part of that side. You know, once he comes back in here after his injury, um, 
Uh, yeah, I think I think I'll go for somebody of that that level. Um, maybe you know, depending on on the roster construction, would in for a mid um, in the Odegaard level. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Zaha is a bit of an enigma this series. I think he's had. I looked it up before this. He's had, I think, three pretty good showings in the last four. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, maybe there's something something to him this year. Yeah, uh, he he always has the odd, you know, uh, 1.5 uh, point match in him, though. You know, where it's just like, or or even like negative 0.5, where you just don't wonder to yourself, like, what was I actually thinking uh, in starting this man? But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, I agree. If you can't get fair value, I you know, I'd I'd hold. Like Toddy said, I think it's just it's not worth selling him uh, for a lower price than he's actually worth. Um. You know he's he's still gonna he's still bringing you like I don't know let's say what like round four five value um, at this point and that's about where you drafted him uh, ideally so he's still a decent at this point still a decent asset so I mean it's not it's not something to really panic about um, but probably is smart to try to get yeah, him I w- yeah and I, I would just add really quickly um, I, I'm I not looking at. Uh, Crystal Palace's schedule right this second, but I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, quite difficult coming up. So, you know, you could hold him, um, you know, and sort of until the schedule eases up and then sell somebody on the upside of Crystal Palace as they fully integrate. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a tricky one. So it, their immediate schedule is Arsenal, Newcastle, Manchester City, uh wolves burnley aston villa and leeds so bit of a mixed bag bit of a mixed Mm -hmm. bag but they're at the etihad so i mean obviously that's a death knell but (laughs) yeah you're not you're not starting him then no certainly not um all right so i want to hear from you first on this one ben because then the next question has to do with wolves which clearly you know ryan um follows religiously so we're going to come back to him but uh so our, our good friend Diddy G, uh, he asked us. Uh, essentially, he's he's been burned, and this was on Discord, by the way, which you'll have exclusive access to uh, the Inner Circle Discord if you do join the Inner Circle on the Draft Society. But that's a different uh, that's a different episode. So he's been burned by the rotation of Pepe Torres, Mares, Firmino, and Bailey. Good God! <laughs> um, so he's asking us which of those would we hold on to. Uh, who would you look at selling and uh, what are some targets for you in terms of any guys that, that you might look to try to bring in uh, as, as a trade piece for anybody you're willing to trade out of the, those mentioned? That is a, I mean, I, I like um, from a fantasy perspective, all those players, except uh, <laughs> not huge on Firmino. I'm, I'm sorry, Toddy. Uh, oh, man. I do apologize. But, uh, <laughs> you and Ryan come from the same cloth. <laughs> Thought him well. <laughs> I, but I, from a rotation perspective, that is that is really, really rough. It's a murderer's um, row. Yeah, that is. I mean, you could you could definitely see some weeks where none of them start. Yes. Um, I, I, I think, you know... Uh, I, I personally have the Mares Torres cuff, if you will. That's not really a cuff this year. Um, so I'd be inclined to either have zero of them or both of them, unless obviously you can get good value for one of them. Um, Pepe, 
I don't think I'd trade him out unless I thought I was getting good value for him. Um, you know, he has had some, he had that one monster game this year, what was like 29 points or something like that. Um, so you know he's capable of it, but uh, it's so, so tough to predict what Arteta is going to do going forward. Um, you know, I, I, Sokka has looked pretty convincing on that right wing, even though I know I picked up a knock uh, in that last game against um, Brighton. As far as Firmino and Bailey, I mean, I think Bailey has very high upside. Um, but, I mean, can he stay healthy? Um, I, I, I definitely would be, you know, up for like a sort of a top 50 player who has a little bit more stability there. Um, but you got to find somebody who's going to buy into Bailey then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they exist. I mean, you, you yeah, can sell, yeah, you, you, yeah. I was going to say you Ryan. Can find Ryan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could sell him on the fact that he really hasn't had his time to shine yet, and the one game where he did really get, you know, uh, his his uh, fair shake there, and I think he was only out there for what half an hour, and he was subbed as a sub. Um, he scored a goal and an assist, so um, you know the potential is there. Um, I don't know. I, I, it depends on what you're looking for. I, th- I would try to probably with those package for maybe like a Tony or something like that, if possible. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, some somebody who you know is starting. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than you know uh, having. Um, uh, a quartet or quintet of forwards uh, from which you only get two starts, you know, in a yeah. week. So, all right, Ryan, what do you think? Um, it's kind of like the the murder f Mary. Um, oh shit! <laughs> <Marley> games. <laughs> so <laughs> murder for me now. Um, and hold hold Pepe, of course. Um, I like, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I like having <laughs> cover for Pepe. I, I always have. Last season, I, I had Lacazette. This season, I kind of have um, uh, Odegaard and, and Tomoyasu in a pinch if I have to. So I like having cover for them in other positions. Um, I agree with Ben on the, the torres Mares. Either you, you hold them both or you, you sell them both. Um Firmino, I'd probably hold for the the Afcon bump because uh, he's he's definitely gonna he and Jota are definitely gonna start those two games. Um, I think in January, and they're two tasty fixtures. I want to say, um, so I'd, I'd at least hold for that. Um, I'd hold Bailey, of course. Um, so it'd probably be selling Torres and and Mares. Um, yeah, like Ben said, for somebody that's a bit more bit more stable and um and starts uh, i don't know if you probably can't get jimenez but someone like that that's going to be solid um with a little bit of upside but that requires torres and Mar- and or mares um starting sometime in the next millennium so <laughs> right yeah um, but yeah, we'll see okay i have an idea so well first of all toddy toddy added a couple of comments he says um pepe for ben rama question mark <laughs> I, mean, I personally wouldn't do it but it's i mean you could see it i mean ben rama's what like the third highest rated yeah forward this year which is insane 
Yeah. I mean, ben Ram is not going to stay that high, but I think I would probably do that, to be honest with you. I think um, I would even, though ben, even, even though Ben Rama is going to rotate with, you know, Europa League, um, just savaging. I think savaging. probably do it, but I just... Yeah. yeah. I think I would. Yeah, I think it's it's closer than, you know, maybe the the uh the group uh think would uh would 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 show but um i think i would pull off that trade now i mean a couple weeks ago before pepe got the last two you you could have pulled it off probably um but now Mm -hmm. probably not all right so then i have a couple of questions um i think the the most notable name on this entire list is mares and i know he's lost some luster but I think he still he still has the sexiness about his name. So what I want to ask you is, um, first of all, would you would you do this deal, or second of all, do you not think that the opposing manager would take it? So do you think you could get Mares for Trincao across the line? Probably. And would you do I it? I mean. Um, uh, unless I had city cover, I'd think about it. Um, but I mean, Trincao's had got his own rotation issues and COVID and, you know, Neto coming back at some point. So that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, that's, that's on the level, but okay. Ben. So I, I, I have, um, uh, I'm I'm cursed so far with uh, Mares in, in both of my home leagues, um, and I think I've started him at a rent total of once. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Game week one. I yeah yeah. Um, I don't. But I'm not sure that I would do that. I, as Trinko has, I don't know. I guess I'm. I you know I, I'll be interested to hear Ryan speak to this, but I, I'm a little bit spooked by. The changes uh, taking place at Wolves right now, I probably wouldn't aim for somebody like Trinkau just because, you know, basically you're trading a rotation risk that has incredible upside, but also, you know, he has started one of seven games um, for somebody who might be becoming more of a, has already shown that he's becoming somewhat of a a rotation risk, but might be more of a, a rotation risk going forward. So I don't know. In, in my my view, as somebody who has Mars in two leagues, is that you want I I want to trade him out for somebody who is going to get more starts. Okay. And I just I'm not. I think Trinkau will get more, but will he get you know fifty uh, percent more or will he get eighty percent more? I don't know. I think jury's still out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so a couple other ones quickly here for you. Um, would you? trade out and do you think the opposing manager would accept it would you trade out Mares for damari gray oh god <laughs> this is where we're at like it or not yeah i i think you'd have to to be honest yeah i i i, I 100 would <laughs> do you think they would take it no maybe <laughs> i can't believe this is the situation <laughs> oh my lord well you i mean so uh, city has burnley coming up right after the break right i mean there's a really decent ch- i would say probably well who who can guess what pep's gonna do but i would say a better than even odds chance 
that he'll start. And if he starts, I mean, there's a, I would say, what, I don't know, 25, 30% chance that he scores 25 or more. Right. And had a trick last time we played. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, as somebody who has Mars in two legs, I think the play is to, unless you can get value for him over the break, I feel like the play is to, um, to hold him hope he starts and then trade him out because someone is attracted to to 40 points against a bottom four side okay um my final question is would you entertain mares for max cornet no no okay we're not there yet no we're not quite there yet forever be there (laughs) no 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 no. yet mark my words we're not there yet Uh, I have Mars on a team, so I'm fully convinced that he will lose all of his value as soon as possible. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, now I am too. Right. So, absolutely. You've seen you've seen my luck this year. All right, moving forward. So, our good friend Az in Japan. What's up, Az? Uh, you know, we love you, and thank you so much for always interacting with us. Whenever we send out a tweet or whatever, we can always count on Az. He's awesome. Uh, so, he is asking Ryan, speculate. With Huang coming in more and Adama being benched, what does this mean for Wolves' attack going forward? Uh, he remembered you mentioning something about Bruno Lage usually preferring two up front, so he's pretty worried about Adama. Um, obviously, you know how could how could we not be? So he's just kind of wondering, like, or, or asking you, if you will, to kind of predict um, use. Use your insider knowledge from um, you know the the Talking Wolves podcast and everything else, all the other wolves, uh, <laughs> the wolves information that you digest, uh, and just give us the whole pack. Yeah, give <laughs> us a little inside inside scoop. Um, yeah the the scuttlebutt before the <laughs> before the season was that um, in the wolves dance that I'm a part of was that Lodge um, prefers four four two back at Benfica. And um, we're kind of trying to figure out who would be the other striker that he'd pair with uh, with Jimenez because um, Fabio Silva was really bad last season and they didn't really sign anybody. Uh, and then they signed Chan. And so I assume that um, he would kind of eventually revert to that 4-4-2. But even though Chan has started, they haven't really done that. It's still kind of been a, a 4-3-3 with um, Chan on the on the left side. And um, two games ago, I think it was it was Potence that slotted in on the right for for Adama, and then this last game it was Trincao. Um, and so the problem is for Adama that he benches them for two games, and it's it's their first two wins. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even though yeah, even though they played poorly, I I thought against Saints, and we're lucky to get a win there. Um, they did play better this this past week. Um, I think. But it was um, it was Newcastle, so what can you do? Um, but Chan, <laughs> I mean, I think he's going to be nailed on because in a in a team that can't finish, he's scored three of his four shots. So as I mentioned, when when he transferred over, he's he's a clinical finisher, and he would he would help the side. So I think there's going to be one slot open. And it's going to be kind of uh, anybody's guess if it's Adama, Trincao, or Potence. Um, I'd like to think that Adama comes in um, in the next week or two, but yeah, you don't you don't really know. I would be I would be skittish myself. I have 
Adama in one league, and I'm blessed by the fact that I, I also have Trincao. Um, so kind of like, like I said with Pepe, you really need cover for, for Adama. So Chan or Trincao, um, or God, even, even though I don't like Poden. No, not Poden. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'd rather have no cover than, than Poden. Yeah, yeah. If I can get in Chan or, or Trincao as, as a little bit of cover, especially later on in the game week. Um, I would certainly do that, but uh, but yeah, I think as I said, if uh, if it ain't broke, Lodge probably won't fix it. So I would assume that if they keep winning games, then, then maybe Adama continues to come off come off the bench. But Trincao looked pretty bad this last game, so I wouldn't be surprised if he mixed it up. So honestly, and I, I love Trincao. I have him on on yeah. both of my teams, and um, the unfortunate thing about him is that um, he hasn't made anything happen. Like he he looks good on the ball, but um, the end product's not there, and it's the same. It's literally the same problem that that Triore is having, except that Triore like actually try. Like he sends balls into the box. It's just they're terrible. Um, <laughs> but like, but Trincao, like I mean, he he can he can go anonymous for entire matches. Yeah, he was so unlucky to um, to not score in that Man United game, and then this past. This past week, he hit the crossbar like on a quasi open net. So I yeah. mean, he's just he's been he's been fairly unlucky. So does an owner get or does an owner does does uh, an actual manager in real life, Bruno Lage, give him credit for that and think like, okay, you're just you know you're just a hair away. Yeah, I mean that's the thirty thousand dollar question. Yeah, um, and yeah, I just don't I just don't know if. If you were a manager of Trincao, I'm talking in the fantasy game, if you were a rosterer of Trincao, uh, would you be looking to potentially bring in Adama on the cheap? Um, yeah, I mean, if I could, absolutely. I, I still don't think you can get Adama on the cheap. Okay. Cheaper, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But not, not, a, not on the cheap. Um, I, I might want to just deal out Trincao, to be honest. Okay. Ben, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I've been trying to think what I would... Um, I, I've been desperately trying to bring Adama in for weeks now. Um, well, I was, I should say, until he was um, unceremoniously dropped. Um, but uh, I don't know what I would offer for Adama. Um, I mean, he, he's gone from being a potential like top five to top ten player to... I mean, if he falls out of the the lineup entirely for a long stretch you could be you know you know you could be looking at a two-month period where he scores uh three four points a game so yeah. um it's a tricky one I, I think if i had adama i probably wouldn't be looking to ship him out unless i was getting top 20 value but um yeah, I, I I think it's a tough one. I I, I had uh, Adama was on my team two different leagues last year, um, and I, you know that was that was really challenging um, at the beginning of the year when he I think he was benched six uh, matches in a row, um, and I have in my notes here that Wolf, I did look and Wolves Wolves won three of them. Um, so they were actually in pretty decent form and Adama still came back into the side. So, you know, that would be encouraging for me if I was uh, an Adama manager. But at the same time, uh, you know, obviously Nuno isn't there anymore. So right. 
tough to that predict. Seemed to be a, that seemed to be a contractual issue. I know that they were like at loggerheads back then, and they still are technically. They're, they're still haggling over a, a possible contract extension. So I don't know if that's part of it behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, you know. He, he just needs to go. He he needs to leave Wolves. It's it's. I'm I'm sorry, but he just does. Sacrilege. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Ryan reply to that one. All right. Well, we'll move on. We'll move on. It's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, for what it's worth, Toddy said that he should be fine long term. Um, he said they may try some for di- some different formations, but uh, you know, just generally, uh, I think he's he's probably holding. So for what it's worth. All right, let's move on. We're going to do some more, qu- kind of like a little bit more quick fire ones here because uh, a couple people asked about Adama again. Uh, and then we've got some, we've got a Madison question. I, you know, imagine that. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first of all, this one should go kind of quick. So uh, Hoarder Ingi 91 at Hoarder Ingi 91 is asking, should I trade Mount out or wait for his value to increase? So Ryan, let's hear from you first on this one. Mount, are you trading now or are you waiting? Um, absolutely waiting. Um, he started out okay. I mean, I think he had 11 and a half and 17 and a half. Um, had a poor game against Liverpool, but everybody does. Um, then was hooked at the half, uh, against Spurs, which was the beginning of the, the quasi downfall. And then he had a knock and, um, came back for a cameo against, against Southampton and scored six points in 24 minutes. Uh, so he's he's back fit. Um, they have a, a dream schedule um, in the next month or so. This is this is why you held this entire time. Um, to sell now would just be exactly um, would just be bad news. So I'm I'm certainly I have him in one league. I've I've been waiting for this. I'm certainly I'm certainly holding. <laughs> All right, WJB. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I've been trying to trade him in, in a few leagues, um, to no avail. So I think that by and large, uh, managers who are rostering Mount know exactly what Ryan just said, that the, um, to use his adjective, tasty, uh, fixture list is, is coming up. So I I think I'd, I'd keep him in less, you know, obviously if I'm getting, um, top 10 value, um, and I can afford to lose obviously a top mid um or get back a, a higher one um then maybe i'm thinking about it but it's he's certainly not somebody i'm actively looking to to trade out okay nice uh okay so shout out to jose s at epl kings with a z um he's always again good for a comment uh whenever we ask any questions he asked about adama and pepe so i'm hoping mate that we answered your question um if not you know hit us up on dms you know you know we'll uh we'll always reply to you so uh, Fantrax Mourinho at Mourinho FPL 10, another longtime listener. Thanks again, mate. Uh, also check out his podcast. He has a really solid podcast that he does, which is on YouTube. Uh, but, uh, he's asking ideal value for Madison. He's planning on shipping him out for Stuart Armstrong. Okay. So Ben, tell me your thoughts on this one. Stuart Armstrong <laughs> in for, Oh no, no, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me first tell you about my ordeal this week with Madison. So I was fed up. I lost this last game week by 0.25 to bring me to one and six. Um, I've had uh, over 100 points scored against me every single week. 
uh, with the exception of this last week, the week in which I lost by 0.25, and I lost in the last 14 seconds of the game week uh, on the Pontus Janssen, uh, if you want to call it an assist, it's a fantasy assist, it's not even a real life assist. Anyway, so I was in pretty low spirits. So I sent out two trade offers. One was MAN, Mainsley, Aitland, Niles. <laughs> Um, uh, actually, okay, so, no, one, uh, Norman, right? Normanson? Norman. Norm- Norman? Antonson Norman, there it is. Uh, for Madison, straight up. And then another one was for Michael Olise, straight up. Both got declined. That's where we are. <laughs> so, that's, Ben. That's, that's really, uh, distressing to hear, um, <laughs> I'm really, really sorry to hear about your recent fortunes. <laughs> that is really rough. Who um, did you trade him out for, Ben? So I traded out, I want to say, three or four weeks ago. I traded Madison and uh, Deli Alley for Ollie Watkins. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think I, yeah I think I was privy to that. That is a steal. Yeah. So I, I will say... Ollie hasn't really come good yet, so juries. No, I mean, he but give I, it I think, time. I mean, I, th- I think he will. Uh, I certainly have more upside at this point than than uh, Madison does, but um, yeah, I don't know what to do with Madison. To be honest with you, I was thrilled to to unload him. Um, I don't think you can trade him out for Stuart Armstrong, though. Um, He's on the waiver wire in most leagues. Yeah, yeah, no, I. He, he wasn't until this weekend, right? Yeah, exactly. he was until Tuesday. Um, I think you, yeah. If, if that if that's the if that's the level, then no. Um, but at the same time, you were you know uh, declined for a trade, exactly. A, a, a Norwich midfielder that was on nobody's radar until three weeks ago, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, that that tells me because. Olize, as much I mean, he's got huge potential, but he could also be a total flop. Um, there's really no. Yes, he had that great uh, half hour um, against Leicester, but I, I think that it, you know you're trading on potential at that point. Um, so yeah, I think you have to wait. If <laughs> if if you're getting declined for both those trades, then I think you exactly you have to wait. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, what I mean, what am I gonna like? send out a trade offer for, I, I don't know, um, like N'Golo Conte or something like that. No, you or, can't do that. Yeah, like it just... I will say, I uh, to a, a, um, a junior league manager that um, will go unnamed and I've had a lot of warm uh, back and forth with NDMs, um, he offered Tark- uh, Tarkovsky, um, Burnley's, you know, uh, eight, nine, ten point, Per match, uh, yeah, yeah, stalwart. I mean, uh, and I that that was before I traded him out, and I was not ready to part with him for that quite yet. Um, but now I, you know, think I would, <laughs> depending on, you know, if I really needed a defender, I think I'd pretty seriously consider that. I would absolutely do that. Then I don't need. Yeah, a defender. sounds like you would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. What do you think? Yeah, this is so this is so sad and <laughs> yeah, it's just disconcerting how how much of a cliff he's fallen off of. I mean, um, do you remember when he was looked at in this or like spoken about in the same breath as Grealish? 
That was only I mean, that was only two years ago. Yeah, I, not by me, but yeah, um, I wanted him to come to Arsenal this summer um, over Erdegaard, and yeah, I'm glad that um, <laughs> that they made the more sensible move. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's tricky because we all know that he has the talent, um, and I just don't know if it's this persistent hip issue that he was getting over last year, or if it's it's attitude, or if it's both, uh, or if it's broad, or if it's all of it, but. Whatever's happening, he's just completely in the mud, um, and so I'm I'm so glad that that I don't have him. But I I thought he was he was way too high uh, pre-draft. I mean, people were talking about him in the early second round, um, based on the previous season. I I, I didn't see it. I, w- I would have probably looked at him in the third, but yeah, I'm glad I I dodged that bullet. Uh, I mean, the, the I hard part. Hold. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you have to hold. The hard part with him is like you know you know that the talent's there. And yeah. he should be in his footballing prime, which that's the hardest part to, to sort of stomach is that yeah. he should be literally in his footballing prime right now. And I, I think, honestly, he's unsettled. I think he is not happy that he's still playing at Wolves or sorry, at, at the Foxes. Um, and I think that he he has for a couple of seasons has now been been having his eyes elsewhere and um, has. I don't know. He's crestfallen that he hasn't actually gotten his move yet. And it's it's affected his game a lot more than I think anyone could have seen coming. I think his his real life value has has gone down considerably. I mean, I despite the the spotty season last season. I mean, they were still talking about him um, about seventy mil, uh, which seemed you know, given going market rate, seemed fairly reasonable. Uh, oh yeah, no this way. Past summer, but yeah, this coming summer. I mean, maybe you get him for like forty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is which is a snip if he can go back to. to so, I will say this, and then I want to just leave. I want to leave him a- alone because I've thought about him far too much this season. But um, I will say this: uh, Cheers to Brendan Rodgers for having the balls to actually bench him and um, give him something to think about. Give him some time to kind of think about his game and think about uh, the type of player he wants to be. And, and what he's contributing to the team because it's been jack shit so far. So, um, but honestly, like, good on Brendo because, like, normally that's not something that that he it would have been in his character to do. He doesn't, you know, no, normally he finds his 11 and he sticks with it um, hell or high water. And so, hey, I'm hoping that a couple weeks, three, four weeks on the bench and um, maybe he's he has a fire lit under his ass, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, All right. I like the fact that he was benched too. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see if it sparks any change in him. All right, let's get a couple more in. Um we're we're coming up on time here, but let's try to get a couple more in before we before we sign off. So Cameron Scrimjor uh at Cameron Cameron 86. He says, and Ryan, you sort of alluded to this earlier, no one is mentioning the AFCON, which may be an issue for me with Mares, Abba, Sar, and Mane all in my side. Uh, he said he's contemplating contemplating trading one of them before the other league members remember that AFCON is coming up. He's thinking of Sar for Bowen or Tilamon. What do you think about that? Um, I'll, I'll go first since I... Um, studied AFCON a little bit pre-draft. Um, yeah, I think if you're if you're iffy on a player or you're a little bit down on one, um, and he's going on on AFCON duty, then 
yeah, I think it's it's pretty sensible um, to try and ship them out uh, probably around now um, or in a few weeks uh, before AFCON really starts to um, people start remembering it. Uh, so I, I I agree with the the general sentiment. Um, I SAR has been completely boom or bust. It's like thirty or two. <laughs> um, it seems like who knows with the the new manager uh, how he's going to perform. Um, but yeah, I think Bowen has been one of those guys that's that's really come back into form. And so I think and he's a mid. So I think if you can if you can do that deal, um, particularly with with Afcon looming, I I think I would do that. I honestly like either of those. If I'm if I'm being honest, like I, I, especially with the upcoming fixture list, and then that sort of bleeds right into uh, Afcon. You know, they have like they have a, an absolute murderer's like. If if you look at their upcoming fixtures, you can't possibly imagine a harder schedule, with the exception of one game against Southampton. Like it's like if you drew it up in FIFA to be the hardest schedule possible you wouldn't be able to do it unless you switched out the game against Southampton and put in like Real Madrid in the Europa League or something like ridiculous. So just saying, I, I think I would do that now if I were you. I wouldn't wait. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't know. I like Sar, but I don't know. Ben, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, Watford's schedule, I, I, I um, have uh, both uh, Jao I always struggle with that word. Oh, no, that's uh, good. That was that was perfect. I think <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan would be able to tell Joe, me. Who, who <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Pedro. Um, Joseph Pedro. And, Joe, um, Peter. <laughs> Joe Peter. Joe Peter. JP. Yes, there it is. And and um, and Emmanuel Dennis. Um, I have both is. of them. Yeah, I have both of them in one <laughs> league, and I'm scared. Uh, insert, um, you know, uh, curse word here um about the next 10 matches and yeah. i don't really know what to do um obviously sar is the the crown jewel of watford but um yeah if i could ship him out for you those guys i would i think are, are you dropping jp because i have him in one league are you dropping him well see the thing is i dropped huang uh for uh oh. yeah so mm-hmm. i now i feel like I'm definitely like uh, battling with the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. So. Okay. So you're ride or die at this point. All right. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this reminds me of uh, something very quickly that uh, a girl I went to college with, she was telling us about uh, her. And I, I don't know why I remember this still, but it's fine. Just bear with me. Her brother used to make fun of her and call her a JP. And she had no idea like what that meant. Like he would just call her a JP and run around and laugh and call her a JP and like point at her like crotch area and um so she like she she started she would start crying and like you know like because she didn't know what it meant and she knew she was being made fun of but she didn't know how or why well turns out uh he was calling her a gene penis so like (laughs) like when like when where you're going with that but that was a a gene a gene penis like when when the little mound in your genes like stands up and and so he he thought it, her brother thought it was hilarious that that was happening on her jeans because she wasn't a boy. Um, and I, I have to say I did not see that one coming. Yeah. So yeah. So there it is. There it is, boys. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed that one. All right. Final question of the evening. <laughs> All right. This comes to us from FPL Insights. Uh, he is actually at FPL Box. 
He says, 10-man team just traded Dennis, Bruno, and me for Werner, Grealish, and Shaw. He would be interested to hear our thoughts. The other players bottom of the league, and we'll be picking up Huang for Wolves, dropping Dennis. So, Ben, let's go back to you. Yeah, I think this is... I think, you know, Grealish and, and Bruno are pretty close, although I would definitely opt for Bruno in the end. But the other two, um, if you compare Dennis and me, who I, I dropped me uh, earlier in the year, so you know, that goes to show what... I, He's going to knock I, too, right? Yeah, I, I mean, Burnley, have they, I think they've kept one clean sheet this year, so that used to be their yeah, bread and butter. Past, and Past game against Norwich. Yeah, yeah, so I think, yeah, Werner obviously has a lot of question marks around him, and Shaw even is underperforming, but... I mean, uh, I, I I think that when you compare the the um, compliments, if you were to the the main pieces, it's not a close deal. So, but it's it's really it's really Huang, Bruno, and me. Yeah, that I was gonna say that changes things a little bit. Yeah, because um, I'd rather have Huang over over Werner, rather mm. have Bruno over Grealish, Shaw over me. Yeah, but. How so? How how much how much would you prefer Shaw over me? Like if, if you had to, like I don't I'm not asking not you to like quantify it Shaw. by a number, but you know what I mean. Uh, I I wouldn't roster me. So oh, you drop him? Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, I'd, I'd Shaw uh, quite a bit. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Got it. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. I, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. I I'm not interested in Werner. I'm not really either, but yeah, I, I just benefited from his his resurgence there, but um, spike by fifty four points. So um, yeah, I, uh, it remains to be seen. But you know, obviously, a really nice uh, upcoming ten ish games for Chelsea. So um, you know, certainly worth keeping around. And I know that Thomas Tuchel has, has said a few things about uh, worrying about the form of Kai and. Uh, and uh, ZH. So um, I think Werner will get more runouts than you would have expected in the first, if you didn't have the same conversation in the first five matches, but um, I still don't think he's a top, you know, top 50 player. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea's a mess. I mean, if that's, if that's true, what you're saying, then Kai loses a ton of value and Pulisic loses a ton of value. I just like, I, I can't, I can't picture. I mean, if, if Werner is truly going to be getting a run out, I can't picture what this side's going to look like in terms of like actual fantasy assets. You're holding them for one every three weeks potentially to actually start them. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I would I, roster Pulisic to be honest. With no, the, I don't think I would either. He's in the rotation. I just don't think he's worth the headache. Dropping Pulisic. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and yeah, it sounds crazy to say, but it's. It's the right thing to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So really quick, guys, if you have five minutes, I, I do want to just quick, because Heath, at Heath131, asked us about Buendia. I don't know if we've talked about him. I mean, we Brian, or Ryan, you mentioned that um, potentially he's, you know, he, he's going to get a game, you know, because of uh, just rotations because of the international break. But like generally, Buendia, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> Yeah, it's been uh, he's been pretty underwhelming. Uh, particularly, I think 
first there was too much hype um, pre-draft. I mean, I get why there was, and I wanted him on my roster as well. But like top ten player, I I knew he was not going to be. But having said that, I got him I think late second round, uh, which I thought was a steal at the time, and he still might come good. But yeah, I, th- I think there was a bit too much hype around him. But having said that, he has been underwhelming bar that. Uh, game against Brentford when he got a, a nice goal. Um, Villa have been so weird this season. Um, kind of like Wolves last season, just really disjointed and yeah. just out of felt out of place. Um, and then Dean Smith reverted to this um, back five, really, um, with with wing backs, and it just didn't fit um, Wayne Dia. And then they got a little bit of joy. Um, out of it uh, at Old Trafford, so they stuck with it um, at Spurs, but looked looked pretty meh against against Spurs, and then they they finally um, subbed in Buendia because they just lacked a, a lot of creativity, and so I think that poor form um, will hopefully um, you know shock Dean Smith out of that formation into something a bit more attacking. Um, that combined with, like I said, Buendia didn't get caught up by the Argentina team, so he doesn't have to deal with the quarantine nonsense, um, and Douglas Luiz might. So I think all all signs are leading towards Buendia starting uh, this next game week, and um, Wolves at home has to be seen as a as a pretty kind fixture, especially if they if they really go for it. So I'm pretty bullish, as you know, about. Um, Aston Villa assets going forward I think they've just been underwhelming and they haven't been all at the same pitch at the same time and it's really incumbent upon Dean Smith to, to sort some sort of formation in which to, to shoehorn all of these assets in and, <coughs> excuse me onto the field at the same time but you got to think they're they're just going to get better so I'm uh, either holding or, or trying to get them in on the cheap all right that's that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it, I, I feel the frustration for for managers who have him, um, and and it's it's totally justified, you know. Like, but uh, what what can we really say at this point with his value having dropped so much, uh, and and the, just the clear benchings despite fitness? Like, what can we really say except for hold? Um, I, I know it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but uh, Ben, are you kind of of the same of the same mindset on this one? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, Blendy is on, on my, uh, my side for, in one of the, my home leagues and I'm, I'm getting offers left and right, low ball offers, and I'm just sort of trying to swap away. Um, I, I think it's too early to, to cut ties. Um, you know, given, I don't know, I, I maybe the, the Douglas Louise, um, experiment just goes on infinitely, but I find it hard to believe that he's going to especially be taking set pieces forever. Um, and I don't know. They spent, uh, you know, Villa spent what thirty million pounds on him. Um, Thirty-eight. I just a record signing. Yeah, club record yeah. fee. Yeah, I just. I mean, what are we? We're, we're we're seven matches into the season. You know, I am I anxious? Yes. Uh, am I panicking? No. Um, and you know, Villa have not a great. Uh, I mean, a part of the reason why I think everybody was so excited about Windia and some Villa assets is because their first, I think it was like four or five matches were about as. Uh, nice as you could have possibly asked for but um you know you, you kind of have to weather the storm a little bit now um you know i would if somebody was offering me a you know top uh three probably around um player depending on you know how the roster 
uh, looked, I would consider it. But um, yeah, I think it's a hold for now unless you're getting something really nice. Yeah, uh, let's see. What about, I'm trying to think, like, do you think you could get JWP right now for Buendia if you if you sent the offer right now with the red card? Yeah. Yeah. I and you so. you would do that, right? I think I would. Yeah, you would. Because, I mean, I I, uh, I have a roster of JWP in, in the same league that I have Buendia, and I thought yeah. I had a dream midfield, and now it's turning into a nightmare. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think JWP is so tragic because you've been holding him this whole time. Yeah, for this. Nice run of fixtures, <laughs> and he just, right after scoring a goal in a really tough matchup where you're just, like, patting yourself on the back for sticking with him, and then he just gets the red card and then suspended for the tastiest <laughs> three matches of, of their season. Yep. Arguably. Yep. So, uh, God. There it is. I do think in theory, and maybe that's not enough, but in theory, the pairing of JWP and Buendia is pretty nice because you're getting a high floor guy with, well, Buendia should be as well, but JWP is sort of the ultimate high floor guy or, or supposed to be. Um with a very high upside player. Um, and I mean, I, I think pre-draft, if you looked at Buendia, you'd thought that he would be a 30, 32 to 35 match starter. Yeah. Um, and, and now you're look at your, like, I'll be happy with 25. So. Right. Uh, we'll com- see. Completely agree. Indeed, we will see. But for now, hold unless you can get, um, salt, like, like Ben was saying, solid value back for him don't 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 trade out on the cheap don't i mean this happened with me and madison maybe i don't know three or four weeks ago you know people were sending me offers for like like i was saying madison for like conte or um madison for like pierre lee's malou like i'm not doing those <laughs> offers like that's not no that's not a thing i'll i'll go down with this ship if that's the case but i'm not i'm not going to give you the gratification of getting him off of me for someone you picked up on waivers sorry not going to happen um, although I guess <laughs> I was going to say you did offer him for another Norwich midfielder. So, well, okay, but hold on. But this is a di- this is a different Norwich midfielder. This is Buendia, like this New Day, New <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> well, Ben, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, especially on short notice. We really appreciate you filling in tonight, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been uh, an honor, and uh, you know. Hopefully, some edification was uh, was had. I think I think it was fantastic. I think you 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 know your your knowledge is obvious, and and we appreciate you. Um, if people want to get at you, you are at Jennings Willian, like the footballer, and like the uh, like I said, uh, turn of the century orator. So combine those two, not quite in a portmanteau, but similar, <laughs> and there you have it. So again, Ben, thanks so much. Ryan, little sign off for the listeners. Yeah, I also want to thank Ben. Really appreciate it, man. It was a lot of fun having you on. Um, yeah, I mean, enjoy what you can of the international break. Take a take a load off. Get some trades out. Um, let's get back to it. Game week eight. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm I'm I'm. I got my crystal ball out. I'm hoping. I've got my um my lucky rabbit's foot. We'll see. I'm doing anything I can these days to get a win. But I'll I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, listeners, obviously, it was foolish of us to even think that we would get to uh, <laughs> the rankings sort of pre-discussion, but that's okay. We'll talk about them once they're out, and you can see all of the risers and fallers 
Uh, and it's going to be something that you expect, and it's probably going to be something that you don't expect. You can expect Genie's rankings again to be kind of wild this time. He's already told us that he's planning on mixing things up a little bit, so we'll see how that goes. But keep an eye out for those. Those should be released early next week at the Draft Society, along with all of the other information that's going to help you to dominate your fantasy leagues. Go ahead and give the site a visit. Um, it's a good one. But as far as the Keep Pass Collective is concerned, thank you so much for joining us again. Community, we love you. Until next time, we'll talk to you all. Cheers. Cheers.